You're listening to the Prayer Storm Podcast. We pray that this teaching blesses you, challenges you, and equips you, leaving you ignited for all that God has for you. Don't forget to check out James Laderin's book, Life on Fire, which is out now. You can find this and more at prayerstorm.org, or you can click the link in the description below. Hello and welcome to Preston TV. I'm excited to be in the Preston studio with none other than Apostle Arome Osai. Apostle Arome, so good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. You know, the last time uh, we spent time like this together, uh, we were in Nigeria on the platform, and that, at that point, the building, the embassy, uh, which is a, a miracle, <laughs> you know, I just was just about to open. It was such a pleasure to be with you and your team in Nigeria. We, we have not recovered from your visit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I, I, I want to just ask a few questions and explore uh, some things that I am observing as I just look across the landscape in Nigeria. Because even though we're in the UK, you know, my background is my dad is from Nigeria, my mom is from Ghana, I was born in Liberia. And the reason for that is my parents are missionaries. And so I've got, I've got mission in me. So they, there's some stories that really intrigue me, uh, one of which is to do with how uh, the gospel impacted Nigeria. And, you know, there's a, there's a person that, that you respect a lot, you res- you've heard to his prophetic words a lot, uh, that came from the United Kingdom, Pat Elton. Can you just give us your take on Pat Elton and his significance in what God has done and is doing and is going to do in Nigeria? Well, Pa Elton is our grand ancestor uh, as far as the Pentecostal movement is concerned. And the significance of his ministry is not only to provide fatherhood, uh, but he discipled most of the functionaries that were in the cutting edge of the labors of the gospel. So it is a shape of his training that is the substance of the Pentecostal movement as we speak. Mm -hmm. And when you look into his kind of training and his emphasis in ministry, and you look at the landscape right now, do you think there's been a departure from that? There's been a very wide departure from his emphasis. Let's explore that. What was his emphasis? And what is the emphasis now? The, the, his emphasis was the rise of the warrior church. Mm-hmm. The rise of the warrior church. The rise of that church that, will, that was apostolic, that will infiltrate every aspect of human endeavor and hold that nation down for God. Um, after his passing, even before he passed, he was concerned about some new emphasis that was coming into the body of Christ, and he expressed his displeasure. Uh, The church went self-centered. The denominational civilization strengthened, and uh, the kingdom agenda for dominion, kingdom agenda for establishing uh, the reign of Christ was truncated mm. and it became about a breakthrough, it became about prosperity, it became about what people could gain, what people could achieve, what people can do. And uh, there are so many people that have been in the Nigerian church that have not had 
pure gospel till wow. this day. Wow. So it's it, the departure uh, is, is a gross departure from the mainstream of pure emphasis that our grand ancestor mm -hmm. brought to us. And part of what the revival is about is uh, charting our course back to the mainstream of that emphasis. Yeah, yeah. Can, do you have insight as to why do you think that departure is so strong, even right now, in a way where for many people that's all they know? So when they hear you preach the way you preach and the things you say, it's like, oh, we've never heard this version before, <laughs> or this is completely new concept. What do you think is responsible for that departure? Or what are the things, perhaps? Uh, well, what Elton taught and um, indeed the burden that was upon the hearts of the apostles was a Christ-centered initiative where the objective was to translate what was on the heart of Jesus and implement it across the church and build a civilization around it and understand the emphasis per season so that the church can update and migrate into new technologies. It, 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 it became about, you know, the personal success of the ministry in terms of infrastructure, in terms of membership and following, in terms of resources, mm -hmm. in terms of... So there was, um, well, a doctrinal distraction. Mm. The focus was no longer Christ. You know, the Bible says that if our eye be single, mm. our body will be full of light. The singleness of I, according to that scripture, is actually making Christ our unique goal. Mm -hmm. And as long as we make him our unique goal, we'll have sufficient illumination as to how to establish his kingdom in every age. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says, but if our eye, it didn't say double, mm -hmm. if our eye be evil. Mm -hmm. The opposite of single in mm -hmm. that scripture is evil. Mm -hmm. So anything that is apart from Christ will ultimately serve Satan's will. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, the direction that the church in Nigeria went has strengthened the the resistance against the move of a pure revival. And if you see our government, our every sector of our society is reflective of the failure and the diversion of the church. What God wants to do in Nigeria right now is to occasion a recovery. And um, it's very difficult because God is seeking to achieve that with another generation. Wow. Yes. Wow. He's seeking to achieve that with another generation. And meanwhile, the language that everyone is used to is a language of the implication of the previous move. Mm. So if a young minister is coming into ministry now, he's not coming there to, to serve the will of God. He's coming to succeed. Mm. He's coming to break through. Mm. He's coming to register his ability to influence the place. Yeah, and prominence. So, yes. uh, so, so people testify about their PhDs, that they have two degrees, they have two cars parked in the garage, they just built a house. That's the climax, the high point 
of, of compliance based on the uh, body of truth that have been pushed into the body of Christ for the last 25 years. Mm. So that's the scale of measurement. How many degrees do you have? What's the size of your congregation? Do you have a building? Um, mm. How many people do you sit? How many people travel to come listen to you? And everything that has to do with our parameters, our scale of measurement, is a departure from the body that was on the heart of the first apostles. Wow. So what we are doing is what um, some of my mentors call distractions. Hmm. Distractions. So God is trying to bring uh, the church back to alignment, and unfortunately, uh, it would have been easier for the forerunners to have made the change. Yeah. But now it behoves of an upcoming generation to see through the Holy Ghost and to have accurate perception of what is on the heart of Jesus and uh, to, be, to have the courage to swim against the tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where we are. <laughs> that's the tricky place we find ourselves. That's amazing because that brings me to another uh, critical question connected to this whole thing we're talking about here with the move of God because I, I don't think it's, when we're talking about Nigeria, you might be watching and thinking, oh, why Nigeria? I believe Nigeria is a significant nation for the whole of Africa. So in many ways, we're talking in extension uh, about, about Africa. Now, as a minister who I know is a Nazarite, a Puritan, who, I mean, you have very strong kind of standards uh, in how you carry yourself and in and how you just execute the calling of God on your life. What kind of challenges have you found in trying to pioneer, lead, inspire this new generation that you have articulated uh, are part of this generation that was raising up to bring a correction to the departure. What kind of things, what, what kind of things are you facing resistance-wise? How, how, how is the previous emphasis reacting to your emphasis? I, I must tell you that for seven years, pastors fought me. Fought me not, um, not diplomatically, they fought me outrightly. Mm. And it was so bad that I insisted that my wife's face would never appear on any poster so that she doesn't become a victim hmm. of the hatred that was um, coming my way again and again. I've been called names, I've been ridiculed, I've been persecuted. Uh, senior ministers have fought me. For instance, I get a place for to organize a crusade, then a senior minister goes to the government and uses his stature to attempt to retrieve that date from me. Mm. I paid for slots on Nigerian television and uh, some ministries went and paid so that my stuff will not be aired. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I can tell you, it's just recently that my wife's face started, to started appear. appearing because I actually thought I was going to die before now. So I didn't want her to be a victim of my troubles. Wow. It was so intense. There were pastors that uh, said I was using voodoo to do miracles. So that's why I stopped wearing my um, wedding ring. Because they said the power, yeah, was, the power the was coming from, from the ring. And every single thing you can think of to try to 
um, make me look like a servant of the devil, mm. I assure you, it has been done. Wow. So, uh, but I knew that I had no other assignment apart from this assignment and that God was not asleep when he called me. Mm. So I was willing to die for, because it was too real, the encounters I had with Jesus and I couldn't fail Jesus. Mm. So the shape of the ministry God asked us to start was not a church-based kind of ministry, but um, an apostolic platform where we had the opportunity to re-pioneer the golden spirit of prayer that is supposed to be the turbine of the church. Mm. So we, the book of Acts of the Apostles became our template mm. and we were seeking to replicate everything that our ancestors replicated. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, a guy now reached out to me on social media and he gave me a chunk of Pa Elton's messages. Wow. So when I began to listen to them, I found that we were preaching the same kind of things. <laughs> wow. So I knew that um, what we were doing unconsciously was we, we, we are retrieving that stream. Mm. The stream was being retrieved and the stream was gaining momentum and the recovery was going on. So when I got in, in contact with those messages, I was consoled, mm. I was blessed, and, I and my courage increased. Yeah, come on. And, uh, and you know, all the pressure that came pushed me deeply into the place of prayer. Maybe I would not have been a man of prayer the way I am <laughs> if all <laughs> those challenges pressure, yeah. didn't come. Mm. And uh, we had to fight also with uh, witchcraft people and all kinds of stuff and God used all of those opportunities to show us the power of prayer. Amazing. Um, we are not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. You know, even as you share about um, some of the diabolicals and just sad things that are coming from ministers to oppose the move of God, it just makes you wonder what is really going on behind the scenes. We really have no idea. And sometimes we are, what we see in as an outward manifestation is not the real deal. Now, I want you to share with us an experience you had in Israel uh, where <laughs> God took you through Nigeria, it's like you, you know, you share it, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, in 2012, the Benue State government was so generous to me and they included me among the pilgrims that will go on the, the state's sponsorship for pilgrimage to Israel. And um, somehow, I don't know how that, okay, yeah. One of the staff of the Pilgrims Welfare Board now appointed me a bus captain. What that means is that you are in charge of 50 people. Mm -hmm. And that's the number that can be in the kind of buses that they use in Israel for pilgrimage. So you, you, you must be a reverend father, a Pentecostal reverend, you must be reverend. So I am a reverend. Mm -hmm. so uh, and uh, somehow I became bus captain. Mm -hmm. So bus, the bus captain duty afforded me better accommodation in all the sites that we'll be going, afforded me a, a few compliments. Um, then we now got there, 
and uh, there was a functionary from um, a commissioner because it's expected that since we are 50 people, mm -hmm. 25 rooms will be booked in each case and two people per room. Yes, yes. So the commissioner guy refused anybody to stay with him. Mm -hmm. So I had to call the guy that didn't have a place to mm -hmm. stay to come and stay on my bed. Mm -hmm. And I was sleeping on the mm -hmm. floor. When, I, when I, I took my pillow and I was somewhere, and then I had an encounter. So you had an encounter. Was it an open vision? This one I cannot explain. I can't explain if it's this physical eyes. Is it like Paul where he says, Yes, I, no, I, I can't explain. Whether in the body or out of the body, I know not. I can't explain this one. So I you were in a place. You were I, consciously, just yes, as you were conscious. I was very conscious. As you're conscious of me right yes, now, you I, were As conscious. I'm conscious of you. I, I was conscious of what, where I was and what I was seeing. That's the first time I saw a cherubim. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, that aside, um, this was the experience. There was this, um, there was this machine. Right? So the preachers of Africa were lined up for screening. So you go into the machine, and then the machine will release something like an X-ray light and scan you and then you come out, and then your, your result will be printed out. So I noticed 3%, 5%, mm -hmm. 8%, 2%, 0%, 0%. And were these ministers you knew? What? Yes. And so everyone is in a line going through this. Just thing. going, and then you, every, everybody can see the results that are printed out. So it's not a secret. And so 13%, 20%. So 20 was even like <laughs> very good until wow. this unknown guy, who was a guy before me, now stepped into the machine and it printed out 75%. And he's unknown. I know he's a Nigerian preacher, but I've never met him. And you said he's Yoruba. He's Yoruba. And the, the reason why I know he's Yoruba is because he has some tribal, tribal marks. marks. Yes. So I've never met that man, and I'm hoping to meet him. He had the highest score, which was 75%. So when I walked into the machine... Oh, just, so if you were to meet that man in real life, would you recognize I him? Recognize God, him. Oh, that's the man. Oh, that's the man. It was so clear, so clear. It was real, you know. So I walked into the machine and it printed out 50%. I said, no, this cannot be. All my life, I've served God with everything. So who, who is in charge of this? <laughs> <laughs> so some, some functionaries now called me and said, part of the reason why I had this kind of score was because of the pastors under me. Mm. That was the moment where I saw snapshots of each of the pastors. And I had instructions from God on what to do when I get back. Mm. So that, my trip to Israel, was the beginning of the purging of our ministry. Mm. Because Satan had infiltrated our ministry and it was going to be different from what God wanted. 
So God opened my eyes to see what was going on. Wow. And we carried out reforms. And if, as a minister, you're called to bring purging and in the nature, you yourself yeah. needed to be purged. So, so yeah, reforms yeah, yeah. took place. The wrong people that were in the right places had to be mm. replaced. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were in a very long season of repentance and all of that. And, and the Lord was appeased. So there were two things that the encounter revealed our ministry and the church in Nigeria. Wow. And can you, ex do you have an understanding of the metrics that were used the to parameters, give that kind of result of <laughs> zero percent? The, I mean, only, the only thing I know is that um, for our own ministry, he explained why, why. You scored what you scored. Yes, so I'm just saying that from what I can pick from the encounter is that um, um, most of what we are doing in the name of ministry may not be such that can strike a chord with God. Mm. And, I, and I like, you know, because I heard you teach him about this, about, you know, our works being passed through fire. fire. You know, Jesus' eyes are eyes of fire, fire, that when our works are tested on that final mm. day, would it survive his perspective? Yeah, if it doesn't survive it's, it, it's, not, it's, it's going to be burned to ashes. Exactly. <laughs> and so exactly. things may look good on the outside, exactly. but really, heavenly standard, it's actually nothing. Exactly. So um, um, uh, that's, that's, that's the first encounter I had. And uh, I began to pray for the church in Nigeria mm. because we are so wealthy. Mm, that's true. We are so powerful. Mm. And if you go around Africa, you will see the impact that the Nigerian church has made on the churches in the rest of the nations. Mm. Our firstborn status is real. Mm. So if we go into error, it's replicated. it is replicated everywhere. everywhere. Wow. And also when you look across Africa in terms of even the move of God, the prophetic move, would you say there's even, even a distortion in that, in that it's like there's a counterfeit seemingly of an original thing that God wants to do. And some of that is connected to Nigeria as well, you say? Of course, of course. Because um, the whole idea of the prophetic in nations that are strong in the prophetic, the whole idea is, is about, is very self-centered. And it's a means to prove that you are from God so that you can have the opportunity to take people's money, seed, so it's just a whole mess mm. because we pointed at, at self-centeredness, self-sufficiency as mm. the objective of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So there are various applications of that that are thriving right now in the body of Christ. Mm. But we are hoping that in the days to come, we'll be able to point the world to Jesus and to his ministry in the heavenlies as the Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be the center and the circumference, mm -hmm. the extent and the limit of that which God is doing. Amen, amen. Uh, just maybe one or two more questions and then we're going to round this up. Um, you've made emphasis about Africa being significant in this end time move of God. Because we're talking about Nigeria. Nigeria is key for Africa, but there's something quite prophetic 
about the final stage of Jesus' journey to uh, the cross. And can you expand on why you believe Africa, God's light is shining, especially as it pertains to the end time revival? Well, after the flood of Noah, there were three families that God had to walk with. He had, to, he had the, the family of Shem, he had the family of Ham, and he had the family of Japheth. Um, and it was surprising to know, it would interest you to know that we are the sons of Ham. Mm. So uh, when, after the flood and life was being reconstituted, Noah was drunk and uh, Ham was the one that looked upon his nakedness. That act of dishonor in itself had implications. Mm -hmm. All right, so the implications was uh, revealed in the fact that, okay, Shem, the firstborn, Japheth was promoted to take his place and he became the least. Mm -hmm. So you will see that in the move of God, God began with the sons of, of Shem, the sons of Shem, and that's why the 12 uh, apostles were all Jews. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from that point, there was a move. The move of God now went into the Japhetic context, mm -hmm. Europe, America, all right? And if you notice what happened around the death of Jesus, uh, the sons of Shem condemned him to death, the high priest and the people of Israel, the sons of, of Japhet, or Pilate, condemned him to death. Mm -hmm. And when he was going to Golgotha, he fell because he was weak, he had lost so much blood. It was Simon the Cyrenian that bore the cross to the place where he fulfilled the type of the scapegoat. And Cyrenian from Africa? Libya. 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 Yes, so it's, it's Africa. So indicative of the fact that the sons of Africa are going to be end-time missionaries that will take the gospel of the kingdom mm. and the, the preaching of the cross to the nations wow. of the world. Wow. That's why we are here. Wow, that's why you are here, but also the enemy is sensing some of that and is wanting to pollute a lot of that, but a new breed is rising. That is the reason why it is not supposed to be an individualistic movement. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a body movement. Yeah. So we are finding other people in different places that are moving with the same body and same we, are, DNA, we are linking yes. up. Yes. And, and a lot of uh, blessing is coming through these partnerships and our blind sides are being taken off and a purer stream is coming out of the connections. So it is no longer the idea of a man, is a movement, something flowing from the heart of God. Uh, finally, and maybe I've already asked this in a different way, but I want to just ask it explicitly so you could add other things that might be relevant for our viewers. People who are watching thinking, oh goodness me, I am aware there is a false prophetic movement, I'm aware there are preachers and teachers that seem good on the outside, but somehow things might not be okay. Are there things that you can share in a summarized fashion as ways to discern and weigh what's really going on? If it's of the, if it's of the Holy Spirit, or if it's of a demonic spirit, or if it's of a human who was just in the flesh and wanted... I mean, that's a huge thing I've opened up there. I understand that. But are there ways you can share... Uh, some simple uh, things to help Well, um, some people, because the objective, the objective is influence 
money, fame for many people. So whenever you find someone and there is this close, uh, this similar manifestation, if someone has a spiritual divination, his operations, he will need so much of the concentration of the grace of God to discern that. Mm -hmm. That is in the operation. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just, can you, can you just repeat that? You need a lot of discernment to discern. Is that what you're saying? An individual needs a, a high dose of the concentration of the gift of discernment of spirits to know, to know a spirit of divination in a person. Yes. So, so this is what you look out for. The spirit of divination is empowered by immorality. Hmm. So anyone that is operating in it will have, you know, his corridor littered with a lot of crying <laughs> ladies, yes, ladies. Yes, yes. And for many key prophets, we have had to nurse uh, people that were victims of uh, key prophets that mm. people celebrate around the world. We have had to, you know, COVID made us... I see. <laughs> yeah, we have had let, to... Let me, let, let me repeat that for people in case they missed it. For many significant known prophets, Apostle Romero is saying that he and his team, people connected with him, had had to nurse victims yes. of all these people that sometimes we may go, oh, amazing man of God, amazing woman of God, whatever it is, but they're victims of immorality from some of those ministries that you've had to try to counsel and pray for and bring deliverance to. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh, wow. Yes. And, and we're not going into detail. We, yeah, we, we don't have to. We're, we're not here to name names. <laughs> so we have, we have immorality. Then number two, you'll find a very wide appetite for exploitation. Hmm. Because if you check the book of Acts chapter 16, that lady that was operating by the spirit of divination, the Bible says he, she brought her masters much gain. Much gain, yes. So it's about gain, hmm. not about God. Hmm. It's not about the Godhead, it's about the gold hair. <laughs> wow. So, so there is this thing about gain. Hmm. And then number three, there is this thing about control, hmm. about dominating people, mm. okay, using maybe your prophetic advantage to control people, mm. to dominate people, mm. to direct people. There is that, there is that, that feature that you find again and again mm. among many prophetic circles in Africa. Wow. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, you know, uh, and, and all of that. So, if if anyone that is, if there's anyone listening to us right now, and there's a prophet that you are liking, yeah, can you probe into the person's personal life? Can mm. you can you talk to people that know him personally and find out who he really is, and then you are likely to know what spirit is operating by. And the, the, the devil wants to discredit this coming move of God by setting up fake people around so that people's hearts will be shot to the fresh things that God wants mm. to do. These are the days of the Nazarites and the Puritans. Mm. And what God is doing is going to flow out of pure vessels. Amen. Pure vessels that are committed to his cause and dedicated to him. And meanwhile, 
if you sit under someone that is speaking for God, there is this inner discernment faculty mm -hmm. that is in the heart of every born-again believer, you will just know that this is the voice of God that this man is echoing. Mm -hmm. And also, something else worth saying, and I wanted to pray for people and us in a moment. Something else worth saying is if you've submitted under that spirit of divination, like the slave girl, if Paul had submitted to that, then you're now going to struggle because uh, you're in it. It's like a fish in water that doesn't know it's wet. You're kind of, is it right that someone out might need to come and shake you out of that? Or how, how would you, or, or the Holy Spirit coming and give you a, a sovereign kind well, of that's why out. we have things like prayer storm. It's a storm. Mm. The, it's a storm that can displace and mm. bring people out of the aquarium. And mm. it, a lot of chaos is going to come out of the <laughs> prayers that we are praying. And the chaos is positive. Mm -hmm. uh, it's to displace, to align mm. so many people. So the exodus is going to be massive mm. because the eyes of men will pop open, open and uh, there will be all kinds of movements. Amen. And before we see order again, it will take some time because the movements are going to be in yeah. various yeah. directions. Yeah. Uh, and then God is going to um, uh, muster his, 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 his armies across the nations. Amen. Wow. You know, as you were speaking, I just felt like there are people watching and their heart were kind of like, oh my goodness, I can identify with that type of prophet. I can, oh, I've been here before. Oh, I've done, oh, I've seen that. And they're probably feeling a confirmation in their hearts and wondering, okay, now what do I do? Can you pray over people right now that are in a place where they have come under the false prophetic or have come under abusive ministry or the, 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 the fake, the contrary, whatever you want to call it, and in a place where they need to come out or they've come out, they're recovering, whatever it is. Uh, I think there is a place that you have in, in, in releasing prayer over certain people right now uh, that are struggling. Yeah. Let us pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you stretch forth your hand over everyone that is listening right now. And we pray specifically for people that have been victims of, of toxic leadership, very toxic leadership. We, we, we ask for healing, for the healing balm. We ask, Lord, that you stretch forth your hand on their lives and let hope and courage be restored in that which you are doing in these times in the name of Jesus. Amen. We ask that you will orchestrate um, by miraculous ways um, that these ones will meet with streams, pure streams of the prophetic mm. and pure fountains of the apostolic so that they can line up with a new set of marching orders Amen. that you are given for this season. And let the hand of your grace be upon everyone that is listening now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Apostle Aroma, it's been an honor to have you with us. Uh, those of you watching, I hope you've been blessed by this interview, this conversation we've been having here. Listen, God is raising up a new breed of warriors, intercessors, who are discerning, carrying the power of the Spirit, the true expression of the prophetic move. In fact, I'm reminded of that scripture that says, I'll pour out my spirit in all flesh in the last days, 
and your sons and daughters will prophesy. I believe the prophetic is going to be a huge part of the end time move of God. So it's important we stay pure. We stay like those Nazarites set apart to God in this generation for the sake of being people that he can use in this move of his spirit. Absolutely. So thank you for watching. I hope to see you soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this Prayer Storm podcast. For more content, find us on Instagram at prayerstorm, all one word, and on YouTube, prayerstorm.tv.